today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It is a reign of righteousness, but it's important to note that it is an enforced righteousness. Now we're going to see this later on. And by that I mean there is going to be this need while Satan is actually in the bottomless pit. So he's not tempting man to sin. He's going to be released at the end of the 1,000 years. That is a, whew, you talk about trying to wrap your mind around this. As hard as it probably is to imagine, it's actually easy to desire a world with no sin. Sounds like a fairy tale. Well, it's true, and it's a reality that's coming, as we'll learn in today's teaching with Pastor J.D. Lean in and get a preview of God's plan to bind the works of evil and how that plays out in Scripture's prophecy. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Isaiah chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. It is so hard. In fact, I find myself wincing and turning away every time I see somebody when I'm out and about, which isn't very often. I feel so sorry for them. And this because, well, actually for a number of reasons, chief of which is they have no idea what's coming. I see the fear in their eyes, the mask on their face, the desperation. <laughs> I just think, oh, I just, I wish I could, I won't. <laughs> you just want to grab them. That'll get you in trouble. Don't do that. You just want to grab them and shake them and go, <laughs> do you realize what's going on? You, do, you, do you know what's happening? Do you know what's coming? No. Do you know who's coming? You know what this is all about? I find myself, and I, I want to believe in my heart, the Lord knows my heart, that it's a sanctified, righteous anger towards those who are at the helm of this evil, wicked, satanic plot that's being carried out. And, and we shouldn't be surprised because we were told that this is what they would do, that this is what would happen at the time of the end, and it's happening. And I find myself in the Spirit, in my heart, to myself, saying, Lord, you're going to have the final word on this, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to judge them for what they're doing, right? Yeah. They're going to get theirs, aren't they? Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, I have come under, I mean, harsh criticism. Pastor, that's not very loving. Oh, really? That's not love. What's not loving about it? I mean, what, you want a front row seat to watch God come and with the breath of His mouth 
Consume the Antichrist? Yeah. Is it, you don't? Fine, I'll take your seat. I'll eat your popcorn too, and I'll have the concessions that you don't have. Because I know that my God is just. And if He's not just, then neither is He loving. And if He's not loving, neither is He just. And His righteousness is just. And He is going to judge. And they can think all they want that they're getting away with this. Because they're trying. They actually believe and are deceived by these doctrines of demons that they can live forever without God. They don't need God. You know why? Because they are God. Just ask them. It's nothing new. It's the same lie from the serpent in the garden. Oh, God doesn't want you knowing this, because if you knew this, then you would be like Him, God. And they bought it, and they believe it, that they are God's, and that they can live forever. That's the, the promise, the lie, really. The lie, by the way, from Satan himself. And it's like, Lord, look what they're doing to people because of this. The lives of people that have been destroyed, never to be the same again. The livelihoods of people, gone. I hate to... You know the number of people that have committed suicide because of this? Oh, you'll never hear about it. But God, the wrath of man God makes to praise Him, to glorify Him. God takes that which is meant for evil, and He works it for good. We continue to receive so many testimonies from people all over the world. I'm going to share one, actually a couple I think on Sunday, Lord willing, about people that because of this have come to Christ. These are people that would have not come to Christ had this not happened. Because people are not stupid. I like, I like saying that word. It's biblical, it's in the Bible. They're smart. And, and they're, they're picking up on things. And that is, by the way, why I believe it is that they're trying to kind of hurry things up. That's why it's Operation Warp Speed, because they're starting to figure it out. Verse 6, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. 
That's interesting. Usually the bear will eat the cow. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child, how about this, shall play by the cobra's hole. Oh honey, get away, get away. No, it's cool. We're in the millennium. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Wow. I mean, it's so hard for us. I think about the Apostle Paul. I know it's a reference to eternity future, but I think it it in some measure applies to the kingdom age. You know, we see through a glass dimly, but it's blurry. We get the, the lion and the and a child's playing around with a cobra? How is that even possible? We can't comprehend it, but during the millennial reign, the kingdom age, that's what it's going to be like. Some Bible commentators suggest that the earth is going to be like it was prior to sin entering the world. Oh, I wonder about the Hawaiian Islands. Because I, I would like to stay in Hawaii for the millennium. Is that is that bad? I mean, that will be true paradise, right? Paul, writing to the Romans, speaks of the state of creation which Isaiah here is describing as both restored and transformed prior to sin entering the world. It's in Romans 8, one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> I know I said that about every chapter, but Romans chapter 8 is, is an amazing chapter. Let me read beginning in verse 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And then verse 22 you know this verse, we know that the whole creation has been groaning. Just, uh, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. God's creation. Have you ever thought of it like that? Verse 10, and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, there it is again, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. It shall come to pass in that day 
that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathros and Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the Hawaiian islands of the sea. Oh, that's not, that's not in your, in your version, right? It's in mine. <laughs> and the islands of the sea. Oh, so there's going to be islands and an ocean in the millennium with cobras and vipers playing with children next to lions and bears. Man, this is like fantasy land, right? La la land. Wow, this is, yeah, come on. No, for real. This is, and again, bear with me. You got to know, the prophet Isaiah was probably like, thank you God that I get to tell them about this, because <laughs> the last several months or however long it is, the last 10 chapters, there weren't chapters yet, I've had to tell them about your coming judgment on them, and the Assyrians invading them. And God's like, I know, I know. Not telling this. There's coming a day <laughs> when the earth, the whole earth, is going to be filled with the glory of God. And the price of real estate? <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Ocean, islands, God's creation. Can't even imagine. Can't wait. Now what's this about recover the remnant of His people who are left, Assyria, Egypt? What's up with that? Okay. Isaiah is speaking of a second gathering of Israel. However, this time it includes the Gentiles in the kingdom age. Now, now stay with me on this. It's everyone united. We're going to see this in a moment. All creation now is united. No more war. No more fighting. No more enemies. No, everybody now comes together. Now, it is a reign of righteousness, but it's important to note that it is an enforced righteousness. Now, we're going to see this later on. And by that I mean, there is going to be this need, while Satan is actually in the bottomless pit. So he's not tempting man to sin. He's going to be released at the end of the 1,000 years. That is a, whew, you talk about trying to wrap your mind around this. Imagine this. There are going to be people, there are going to be children that are going to be born in the millennium. How is that possible? I thought we were going to have our glorified bodies. Now, again, stay with me. There are going to be some people that are going to survive the tribulation neither having accepted the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, or Jesus Christ. And they will enter, because it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. They're going to enter the millennium and have the bodies that Adam and Eve had. 
And they're going to live five, six, seven, eight hundred years, and they're going to have jillions of children, literally jillions of children. You do the, the math and you calculate with the birth rate, because there's no abortion, <laughs> just saying. So you're going to have all of these. So after the 1,000 years comes to an end, Satan is loosed. And then it's decision time. Here they've lived in this kingdom age for 1,000 years in righteousness and peace, the glory of the Lord filling the earth. They've known nothing of the devil, the adversary, prowling like a lion. All they know of a lion is that the lion likes straw and not other animals, <laughs> or people as a matter of fact. So they know nothing of this. They were born into this, this, this age of peace and righteousness and unity and beauty and wonder. And then Satan's loosed and then decision time and judgment time. And would you believe that there will be those that Satan will deceive and they will reject the righteous reign and the righteousness of Jesus Christ after 1,000 years living in that, that state in the kingdom age. Again, i kind of getting ahead of myself, and that's hard to <laughs> grasp, but that's what God's Word says is going to happen. Verse 13, also the envy of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim. I mean, these were mortal enemies. They hated each other. They were constantly warring with each other, the northern and the southern part of Israel. But, verse 14, they shall fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines toward the west. Together they shall plunder the people of the east. They shall lay their hand on Edom and Moab, and the people of Ammon shall obey them. That's the enforced and the rule of righteousness. It is a, a reign of righteousness, but it's enforced righteousness. The Lord, verse 15, will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt. With his mighty wind he will shake his fist over the river and strike it in the seven streams and make men cross over dry shod. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will be left from Assyria, as it was for Israel in the day that he came up from the land of Egypt. Okay. What in the world is going on here? What? Egypt, Assyria, I thought we were all done with that. The chapter ends with a picturesque prophecy about reuniting Israel and God's people and removing anything or anyone that would stand in the way of God's people returning to Him as God originally intended. 
again, an enforced righteousness. Now, this brings us to this second chapter we're going to look at, chapter 12. Um, Take heart, it's only six verses. This is a a very interesting chapter. You know, it's a praise and worship of sorts. And it comes from the heart of one who has entered into the kingdom age and is beholding all of this. And they can't contain themselves. They can't help themselves. They just burst forth with praise. And in that day, verse 1, Isaiah 12, you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, verse 2, God is my salvation. I would trust and not be afraid, for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. This is what I mean by picturesque. Just use your God-given imagination and see this as an artist painting this magnificent portrait on the canvas of God's glory. And instead of anger, comfort. Instead of fear, trust. And it's this satiated joy, joy everlasting, drawing water from the wells of salvation. I love the imagery. Very picturesque. You know, Jesus, when He taught, He used imagery. I think about in Matthew 6. He's there on the Mount of Beatitudes, and He's talking about how God will always take care of you. He will always provide for you. And then He uses as an example the birds, and I imagine him, and every time I'm there, I always love teaching out of Matthew 6 there on the mountainside. If it's a beautiful sunny day, you got the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it's just spectacular, breathtaking. And the flowers are in bloom, and the birds are in the air, and I can just picture the Savior pointing to the birds, using that as, you know, this is before PowerPoint. Now we just put a slide with a picture of birds. Look at that bird. But he points to the birds. He says, look at that bird. Look at those birds. You don't see them stressed out. Oh my goodness, how are we going to have enough worms for next month's rent? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm not mistaken, you're you're more valuable than a bird, right? Because that bird wasn't created in the image of God. You were. So the point is, if God's going to take care of that bird that wasn't created in His image, how much more is He going to take care of you? Is that not good enough? Okay, let's talk about these flowers. Look at the lilies of the field. And again, I can just picture Him pointing to these beautiful flowers. And He says, and again, this is why I know God has a 
great sense of humor. Well, he invented humor, and I'm reminded of that every time I look in the mirror. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.